Hello, and welcome back to the Millennial Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with Jim Ng, a very successful golf course architect throughout North America and Asia. Jim received his Bachelor in Landscape Architecture from Colorado State University in 1985, and over the subsequent years, has come to be known as a modern master of mountain golf course design. Jim Ng's reputation as a mountain golf course designer bellies his various very portfolio which ranges from Great Lakes Woods to Rolling Grassland Prairies to many Lynx golf courses. And of course, the mountain ranges throughout North America and Asia. If Ng's signature design can be summed up in a few words, it is his ability to turn intimidating, extreme, and even seemingly impossible landscapes into golf courses, while still conveying the essential nature of the land itself. Ng's elite portfolio consists of layouts that feel and look unlike any other golf court architect in the past or present. I hope that you enjoy today's episode, and without further ado, here you go. Awesome. So, first off, uh, where did you go to college, if you went to college, and why did you choose that particular college? I uh, went to a um, couple of colleges, but uh, the one I ended up uh, graduating was from Colorado State. And uh, the reason I did that is I was in an architecture program before that and uh, did a, had a summer job and uh, worked with a guy who designed golf courses. So I asked him how to do that, how to get into uh, that particular industry. And he said, well, you got to get a landscape architecture degree and you have to get a turf science minor and then you have to pick up a shovel and go in the country wherever it takes you to uh, get some construction experience. So that was the path that I followed, and I got my landscape architecture degree from Colorado State. Awesome. And then, so you were there for the, major, uh, the rest of your college and then graduated from there. Right. And then first, uh, what was your first job out of college, and how did you – obviously, there's a pretty particular path that you took with the majors and minors, and you kind of had an idea of what you wanted to do. But what was that first job you did out of college? Well, I mean, before that, I was working summers when I was uh, when I was going to school. I was working summers in Florida, New Jersey, Wisconsin, um, really not making any money, actually losing money because I had to had to <laughs> live in hotels and, and right. places. So um, didn't make any money, but got a wealth of experience. That experience got me hired with a, a, a golf course designer by the name of Dick Nugent in Chicago, and uh, I started with him, uh, spent some time with him, and. Uh, Eventually worked the path with a couple other firms and uh, ended up in Europe for four years, uh, heading up a design firm that uh, worked with a lot of different touring professionals. Very cool. And what age were you when you said you were in Europe for a couple of years? How old were you when you were living there? Uh, 28 to 32. Very cool. And then so obviously, the I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit, but the whole process of getting a course from imagination to actually opening is a very large process. So when you were first starting out, what was, uh, what were kind of like the entry level things that you had to do for, you know, you could do like the whole kit and caboodle. What were some of the things you had to do to start off with? Well, like I said, I had uh, construction experience and uh, Dick had just lost one of his construction guys. So the day I walked into the office, (laughs) he gave me a plane ticket and said, here, you're in charge of the construction of this uh, particular course in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And so throughout the course of that year, I was kind of going back and forth on five remodels that I was overseeing and, uh, you know, got to start 
um, because of construction experience and, and uh, spending summers building courses, not making any money. It sort of paid off by getting the job and then starting out uh, doing uh, substantial things. As far as design goes, you know, you'd start, but he would let me design a, a, a green on a remodel and then go build it and things. And that, you know, that was, that was a great experience to put something on paper and then see it actually be completed or getting to complete it yourself. So, you know, that was, that was good experience. And I, um, this next question has to do with the design aspects. And I've had the, I've had the privilege of playing a course of yours, but where do you draw some of your inspiration from? Is it kind of a mixture of a bunch of courses you've just seen or played in the past or what was something you say is a particular touch of yours that you might not see somewhere else? Um, I, I, I get my inspiration from um, seeing other works. Um, I don't have a particular favorite uh, person that's been in my industry before me that I sort of idolize. I really like to see individual pieces of work and, and take chunks and pieces and parts to become inspired by. But the, the most significant issue on all of that is the uh, my influences from uh, from Ireland and the Lynx courses of Ireland. I've spent many, 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 many days uh, playing, wandering, imagining those kind of courses. And at the end of the day, it's basically, um, I can look at it now and say that the, the, the common goal that I've always had is to kind of create inspiration in people, but to, to, to promote fun. Uh, right. You, if you're, if you're playing the game for any other reason than fun, then you're playing for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that. So now also I kind of jump back to Europe. You said you were there until about 32 years old. And then could you kind of tell me your career path from there, how you maybe got back to the U.S. from Europe, or if that wasn't your next spot, where did you go from there? And kind of your whole career path leading up to where it is now. Yeah, well, my wife, Moni, and I uh, came back from Europe and uh, uh, moved to Denver, which, is, you know, I spent a lot of time in Colorado going to college. And uh, so we moved uh, to the Denver area and started my own firm. And, uh, you know, we'll scrape by and and uh, and uh, really work from the from the bottom of starting your own company and, you know, scared out of my, uh, out of my gourd about whether we're going to be able to make it or not. And, and because of the relationships and the relationships I'd made, we landed our first project in Thailand because of contacts I had when I was in Europe working in Asia. So, um, you know, that's what, uh, that's what got us by and going until we then got another project in China. And then, um, I think the next project after that was uh was sanctuary in uh in denver which which uh fortunately won a great deal of acclaim and uh, set me off on my career path i haven't had the privilege of seeing that but everyone i've talked to says it's absolutely beautiful so oh good <laughs> yeah so would you say that moving to denver from europe was kind of the tipping point in your career starting your own firm is that fair to say I don't know. I think I think every step you take is at the tipping point. You can potentially fall in your face, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's it it has to do with persistence. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's fear of failure that motivates. Um, it's it's understanding that a lot of people know a heck of a lot more than you, and if you choose to listen to them, you're probably going to be better off. Uh, and so much in the way of 
<clears throat> what you're doing right now with this, um, you're trying to learn from what other people's pathways. I would suggest that anyone that, that wants to start a, a career of any kind, uh, it, it always comes down to dealing with people. You know, you can be good at a trade. I, I take pride in the fact that I'm creative and I have a, a way of, of, of transforming that, uh, that creative thought pattern into something that other people can functionally see and build. But you, you have to be able to deal with people. And uh, you know my son, Brian. Yep. Oh, by the way, he said to say, hi, Spalding. <laughs> um, I, uh, he and I uh, drove back from Florida after he was done playing hockey, and uh, we went from uh, from Florida to Colorado. And the whole way there, we listened to Dale Carnegie's um, books on tape, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And even though that was done in the 30s, it's still as relevant today as it was then in dealing with people. And so I'm a great advocate of following self-help books on, on situations, but in specifically in, in, in relationships with uh, business relationships with people, um, such as uh, Mark McCormick. I worked for him for four years, and uh, he wrote a book called What They Don't Teach at Harvard Business School. Uh, also, something like you know, Harvey McKay, Swimming with the Sharks. Those kind of things, even though you know you know you you learn a fair amount in in college, those kind of life experiences are invaluable, and being able to be either scared enough or or humble enough to accept those things and not think you know everything is probably the key to success in any field right no that's a good point it really is i've I have read uh with the Sharks by Harvey McKay. It's a great book. Uh, but kind of on this point, adding to the things you just said, what are some other personal philosophies that you may live by or you perform your work by or maybe they cross-contaminate with each other? But what are like some things that you live by that you kind of never forget regardless of what you're doing? I think it's personal character. Um, you know, who you choose as a, a life partner. Uh, and 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 how you treat that relationship is if you have um, relationships that are that are always focusing your time and effort uh, in a in a negative way, it, it's very hard to be successful. Uh, you have to have uh, someone you trust, someone to trust you, and to be a calming force when everything around you is. Is either uh, you're either uh, working very hard or you're or you're panicking because you're not working very hard, whatever it might be. But you know, um, in in meeting and and marrying my wife Moni, it's that's easily the best decision I ever made in my life, or or the, or her her <laughs> or her most generous uh, decision she made. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, without without that foundation, it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, then uh, I kind of wanted to move away from that and ask just you some personal questions about your career itself. Um, how many courses have your name attached to it? How many have you built uh, around the world? Oh, somewhere around 30. Awesome. And then uh, a place you haven't built uh, yet, but you kind of have a desire to, if you can get your work in there, where's someone where you haven't been that you'd like to put your a course of yours on? 
Well, we we did uh, my favorite course in the world is a place called Carn in in Ireland. Uh, it isn't really an old old course, but it's on some incredible land. Um, and I was involved with Nine Hole Edition there, um, not fully, but uh, it was kind of a partnership with another design firm. Uh, but I, I would love to be able to find a plot of land in in Ireland on the seaside uh, seaside links and do that. For when we started with uh, with Sanctuary, it was a project that was very much considered not possible to to do on that piece of land. And when we got it completed and, and it won re, you know good reviews, sort of became a uh, we sort of became a known for rugged sites, mountain sites, however you want to say that. So uh, much like Black Rock and other places, we've we got the difficult sites. And you know maybe got overlooked a little on some of the some of the sandy linksland sites that that would be fun to do as well. So I think maybe that's uh, that's probably the answer. But I really enjoy doing the mountain sites, the, the really difficult stuff. We're doing one in uh, Mexico right now um, called uh, Cola de la Garta, uh, south of Mexico City in the town, city of Puebla, uh, and it's uh, a very dramatic mountain site, very, very difficult with blasting and all kinds of things going on. But it's going to be extremely exciting when it gets done. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, so th- I guess kind of one of the wrap, kind of wrapping up. Um, your particular career field is really particular. Like we already talked about the major and the minor that you need to get, and kind of working in the summers. But if someone were listening and wanted to get into the career path that you are in right now, where would you say the ideal starting spot would be after they got the appropriate major minor, where would you say, or where would you tell them to go right away? Would it be to get like an apprenticeship in a firm or, you know, what, what is the best path in your opinion? Well, certainly you have to start in a firm somewhere. If you wanted to do that, the best way to do that is obviously the, 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 the route that we discussed is a, is, is one good way. Um, and getting construction experience, having your hands dirty, knowing how things go together. That's what's going to land you your first job. And, and that's the same in, in any industry. Uh, it'll, get you, it'll get you in the door, and that's what you're looking for. Once you're in the door, you know, all you have to do, well, all you, what you need to do is just have a good attitude and just work harder than anyone else and, and just take your career as your life passion and, and – and do whatever it takes, do the dirty jobs, do the uh, not fun jobs, work the weekends, do whatever you need to do to put yourself ahead of others. Uh, and that's how you become noticed. Well, thank you so much. <clears throat> I really enjoyed this. Uh, learning a little bit more about your story. Kind of in the past, I've known what you did, but I didn't really know how you got there. So I really appreciate getting to know you a little bit better. That was my interview with Jim Ng. If you're at all interested in some of the golf courses that Jim has had the opportunity to put his personal touch on around the world, please go visit his website at www.inggolf.com. Thank you again so much for listening. My next episode will be coming out very soon.